Welcome to Guided Spirit Conversations with your host, Marla Goldberg. Marla is an energy healer, intuitive, teacher, speaker, and author. Join her as she answers questions, interviews interesting people, and gives you tips and advice on everyday living. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone. I'm Marla Goldberg, and you're listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. I am so thrilled today. We have a special guest, and she is known as the success alchemist. Why she is known as the success alchemist is because she offers a magical combination of mindset, manifestation, and method to help you create unstoppable success in your life and business. Jan Shaw has nearly 40 years experience in business and marketing, also having studied personality, NLP, psychology, metaphysics, and spirituality, and is also a certified life and executive coach. Jan provides a holistic and integrated approach to life and business. Jan is also the author of Dream Achiever Success Kit, Unstoppable Success Strategies, and Empowered Manifestation. Jan is also the host of her own radio show called The Cosmic Creating Show and has founded the Unstoppable You Academy. So let's find out more about all these interesting things Jan is into. Welcome, Jan. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you, Marla. And it's such a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so grateful that we finally are able to record. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Now, you have lived in the corporate world for a very, very long time, more than 20 years. What was, what was the event? What was the turning point for you that, that had you go down a different road? Well, it was a combination of things, really. Um, I left the corporate world in 2004, which was, interestingly, the start of my awakening, spiritual journey, um, which is quite a long story, which we won't have time for on the show. But, you know, it was a combination of uh, kicks from the universe and also a wonderful horse that I acquired in 2003 that had a complete emotional breakdown within the first year of me having him. And he came to me as an absolute soulmate. He was delivered to me. I have no doubt whatsoever. He was a white horse, which, of course, is very symbolic from a spirituality point of view as a spiritual teacher. And it was a whole combination of things that converged to really make me question what I was doing in that corporate world. And um, it was at a time when I was running a multi-million pound project in the UK and the biggest catalogue retailer there. It was a supply chain project. And the way that the organization had changed in the last, I suppose, year or so really wasn't in alignment with my values. Um, there was a lot of political maneuvering. Um, it, there was an agenda to discredit the internal IT team so that another organization could come in and take it over. And it was just like people in the business were being set up to fail. And that didn't sit well with me at all. And I'd, you know, I'd had this um, 
deep yearning for quite some time to be in business for myself. And so that was the decision to leave the corporate world and then take my IT skills into my own business. And that's when I started uh, my internet consulting business and web development and marketing. And I was, I actually wrote a book on social media marketing in, I think it was 2006, um, which was just at the dawn of businesses starting to use the social media platforms to market their business. And I did some training on that and so on. So that was the, that was the shift um, stage one, shall we say, <laughs> out of corporate into uh, my own business. Uh, but that was just a step along the way, shall we say. So tell me, tell me more about your horse, the Andalusian gelding that you had. How did how did the horse act as the change agent for you? Well, within the first year of me having him, I mean, he was actually delivered. I was living in a cottage in in a village in the UK, and I already had a horse and a pony for my girls, and somehow I'd been seeded with this desire for an Andalusian because I've always loved the, uh, what they call the hot blood horses, the very much more sensitive, highly spirited horses. And the Andalusian got on my list. And it's a really fun story because I was taking some, a few days off over Easter in 2003 and looking through Horse and Hound, which is the UK's kind of weekly Bible for horses for sale. And I spotted this ad for an Andalusian that had a local phone number. I thought, oh, well, I'll phone this and maybe go and see this horse. And at the time, I was boarding my horses at a livery stable or boarding stable, as you call it here, literally across the road. And um, I phoned this number and I started to ask about the horse and I suddenly realized it was the owner of the, the boarding stable that I was where my horses were being kept. It's like, wow. <laughs> so she had the horse in training for a while and the owner was actually the mother of a, one of my daughter's school friends. And it's like, oh, you know, synchronicity. So I tried the horse. I fell in love with him, bought him. And then he was only young. He was only four when I got him. And as I say, within a year, he started behaving really um, dangerously. Um, and he, he was feeling like, sitting on an unexploded bomb and I had a, a horse whisperer out to help me because I was really just I was on the verge of losing my confidence I couldn't understand what to do with this horse um, and so this horse whisperer came out who had actually trained with Buck Brannerman over here and he worked for one of the horse rescue organizations because their philosophy was, well, if we can help the horses while they're still with their owners, they won't end up either being put down or sent to a, res a rescue like ours. So he spent the whole day with me and at the end of the day said, this horse is so dangerous, he's going to kill you, kill himself or kill both of you because he's wound up like a spring so tightly 
and it was all related to fear. And I had the option of getting rid of him or having him put down or actually going right back to square one and, and rehabilitating him. And, you know, he was my dream horse. <laughs> I couldn't possibly do anything but choose to work with him because, you know, he may have been dangerous under saddle, but he was the most affectionate horse and the sweetest temperament. So that started me on a journey um, you know, if I've got a problem, I'm the kind of person that will research everything. So I started researching natural horsemanship and reading all these different books. And I was on a practical level, you know, I've always dealt with horses lacking in confidence. He was just an extreme version of it, which is so interesting because it so relates to what I do now with clients in terms of dealing with fear and lack of self-confidence and all of these things. And he taught me about the nature of fear. He taught me about manifestation through visualization and how I'd already learned from previous horses about how we can control our energy in terms of communicating, not only with animals, but with people as well. And I actually created a website, Energetic Horsemanship, which was really about we communicate so much intuitively and energetically capable of choosing what we're projecting out. And I learned that if I projected fear in response to his fear, it would just compound the whole problem. So he taught me, which is a law of manifestation, that an awareness of the problem doesn't mean you feed energy to it. You feed the energy into the desired outcome. And the 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 results of that were quite astonishing at times you know that it would really switch him out of that panic mode into calmness and and compliance and so on but the, the real catalyst for the spiritual awakening was when I came across a book by a lady called Linda Cohenoff who has a center the Epona center in just outside Tucson and her book The Doubt of Equus was about the emotional re her emotional rehabilitation through the horse and she'd been in an abusive relationship and it was really about her story but it started getting into very metaphysical things like reincarnation and I can remember distinctly feeling this irresistible urge to find out more about reincarnation and so by starting there <laughs> I followed the breadcrumb trail and to be honest ever since then I've been led to more information and more information so you know that period with with my horse was a combination of of learning the practical stuff in terms of dealing with fear and lack of confidence and even <laughs> physical danger but also being led into the onto that spiritual journey because of the work that I had to do to resolve his issues. Did you ever find out or figure out where the where the ste uh, fear stemmed from 
how it dissolves. Yeah, I I did a lot of um, analysis, shall we say, <laughs> you know, because I'm a very analytical person from my IT days, quite left-brained. And I knew the the original owner because I said she was the daughter of one of so she was the mother of one of my daughter's school friends and she was very much into the dressage world and unfortunately in in the horse world there's a lot of ego <laughs> and she was the kind of person that felt she knew everything but was also quite nervous and she acquired my horse very young he was taken from his mother at six months and put into a completely strange environment which I think was trauma number one shall we say that's really early for a, a cult isn't it well unfortunately it's it's quite common practice to take them away at six months but in my view the forced weaning is not very satisfactory shall we say you know um and then she was always frightened of our horses getting injured so she would keep them separate and then of course with a with a a young horse they have to build confidence through the security of a herd you know it's how the herd uh disciplines them gives them that confidence and he wasn't put in a position to to do that and her methods were questionable in terms of she wanted to get him used to traffic so she took him right next to the busiest road she could find which frightened the poor horse to death she then had an accident with him in her um, horse box as we call it over there they tend to use more of um, trucks with a, um, a converted section for horses rather than the trailers that they use here and he'd reared up and got his feet stuck on this um, the front of, of where he was uh, tied which again caused problems and because of his size he was growing to be a big horse she was afraid that she wouldn't be able to control him, so she sent him away to be broken by what appeared to be a very unsympathetic hunting-type person. And it was this combination of events that really contributed to his breakdown and I you know I take some responsibility for that because I got him and then I was taking him out and asking him to do things that because of his state of mind he was finding it very difficult to cope with and it just built that that tension that fear that anxiety to the point where it was a kind of a breaking point for him so, and I actually had a, an animal communicator to communicate with him and another horse that I had because I, what I was looking for was kind of validation that all the things that I'd 
worked out to be the cause of this were actually true and really got confirmation um, of what had happened. So it was really a series of experiences that scared the poor horse to death, you know? Poor darling. Mm. Wow. So I'm going to change directions a little bit. Success Alchemist. Tell me, how did you get the name Success Alchemist? Well, I always laugh about this because I say it took me seven years to come up with a name that actually encapsulated what I do in a in a very succinct way. And it's funny, I was working with a client who wanted to come up with a name for herself. So I was kind of asking these questions of the universe and and then suddenly I got this name for me, the success alchemist. And it's like, wow, well, yeah, of course. You know, alchemy is that mix of of the magical and the metaphysical, but with the science, if you like, with the practical methodology, which is exactly what I do with with the clients that I work with and in, in the uh you know, the courses and the the books that I've written because you know, one of the challenges is that a lot of people when they get into the spiritual side, it's it's like they neglect the practical stuff. And we're here on this physical earth plane to have a physical experience as well as a spiritual experience. And so you know, you can have the metaphysics and, you know, the law of attraction and manifestation, but it has to be done in conjunction with actual practical steps and what I call inspired action. And so you have to combine all that intention in terms of manifesting with actually being able to carry out the steps that you're inspired to take. So, that's where I combine the practical help and support with working it in alignment with the universal laws and looking at especially challenging experiences that clients have had from a higher purpose perspective because, you know, one of the the key things is the mindset, which is really about getting rid of all that negative baggage, getting rid of the limiting beliefs, the self-doubt, the fears, all of those things that I worked on with my horse. But, you know, with people, when particularly when they've had bad experiences early on in life, they, they get this negative belief about themselves. And there's a huge amount of self-judgment and also resistance to creating the kind of successful life that they want. So it's really critical to get rid of that and to build up the um, the self-confidence, the self-belief, the self-love through, through self-knowledge and self-exploration. And then they're capable of taking those practical steps because they've got rid of the resistance. So that's a very long-winded way of explaining the name, but, um, you know, it was kind of intuitively given to me at the time when I was moving into a rebranding phase and everybody I mentioned it to said, oh, yeah, I absolutely love that name. So that's how it stuck. Very cool. That's really great. And is that how you developed your mindful metaphysics method? 
I developed that um, quite a few years earlier because clients will always come to the right person. (laughs) Um, It's so interesting how clients that I've worked with have experienced similar um, challenges in life. And it's so important that when you're working with somebody, you have empathy and trust and non-judgment. And if you've been through something yourself, then you're in a much better position to be able to help that person. And I struggled for years with this belief about being not good enough um, because of a lot of experiences growing up. Um, and so interestingly, when, when I got to my dark night of the soul point, you know, I'd been studying the law of attraction and which I was again led to, thank you. (laughs) Um, and one of the things I'd learned was that you have to let go of all the stuff that you've been carrying from all these different experiences. and. I got to the point of really, you know, that, that point at which you say, I can't live like this anymore. There's got to be another way. And so I decided that I was going to write my life story. And when I say write my life story, I don't mean a whole biography, just going through the diff, you know, the, the memories of those quite traumatic experiences and it was very interesting because I, at the time, I was communicating with what, who turned out to be my second husband. And as I was writing this story, we were um, communicating over Skype chat. And I, I would send him a section of the story and he would give me a different perspective on how I was looking at that experience. And this was a real aha moment to me that there are different ways of looking at experiences. It sounds a bit naive now, but, you know, we tend to look at it as our interpretation is the only one. But it actually led me to what is my foundation tool, which I call the power of neutrality, because that allows you to actually look at different options of interpretation. And so this was the start of developing my approach to helping people shift those limiting beliefs from from that negative perception of themselves into a much more empowered, positive perspective. And then it kind of developed from there with incorporating um, personality profiles and You know, so many people focus on the things that they're not good at and and don't recognize and celebrate all their natural gifts and talents. And it's only by doing that and by celebrating your achievements that you can really build that self-confidence and that self-belief. So it's like a combination of deal with the negative, build the positive, and then mix in how you go about manifesting the outcomes that you want through using universal laws rather than 
let's say, human laws, which actually, you know, were programmed to believe in things that are actually opposite completely to the way that the universe works. And when we shift into that understanding, then that opens doors that otherwise have been closed to us. So true. And limiting, you and I have had conversations about limiting belief, um, you know, how people put up limiting beliefs for themselves, which block them constantly uh, from moving forward, from achieving, from just feeling good, from, you know, feeling good about themselves. And it just always brings me back to the quote from Pretty Woman. Do you know the quote about um, Joe Roberts says, and I'm just paraphrasing and just doing one line of it, but she's talking to, um, Richard Gere, and he's saying about how he thinks she's a very special person. And again, I'm paraphrasing. And she said, but it's really much easier to believe the bad stuff about you than the good. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Because into that belief system. So let me ask you a question, Jen. Do you have something that you might be able to uh, share with the audience who might have, well, most of us do carry around limiting belief system to one degree or another, how they can go about changing their belief system into a positive belief system to one that's not limiting to an unlimited belief system. Absolutely. And it really comes down to looking back at those experiences. You know, um, there is a um, an approach um, in the kind of new age community to avoid everything negative. Oh, don't look at that because it's negative. But, you know, you have to deal with those things that are really deeply embedded in your subconscious belief system because if you just paper over the cracks it's the crack is still there and you know this is one of the reasons I'm not a fan of affirmations because um, if you don't believe in the affirmation that you're saying then that belief is actually going to be the stronger influence, which will actually can reinforce that limiting belief rather than removing it. Because, you know, your subconscious doesn't believe it. You know, I'm a, I'm a really successful person. Your subconscious say, no, you're not. No, you're not. Which is why I, um, I recommend visualization rather than affirmation because that is engaging the creative side and the creative side cannot distinguish between what is real and what is imagination. And it's not engaging the logical brain in in contradicting it. But to go back to the, the core tool that I use, and this is looking at those experiences and you know you could actually go and write your life story and get them all out or you could tackle one at a time and the tool that I use which is an incredible tool for mindfulness overall is what I mentioned earlier the power of neutrality and this is the universal law that nothing has meaning until we give it an interpretation or a perception And so if you think about, you know, events, you can get completely different perceptions and interpretations of the same event from different people. So it just illustrates that anything is possible in terms of how you approach something. And 
the way that the, the neutrality works in the way that I teach it to my clients is that if we all start from neutrality, and it, I use the analogy of like being on a tightrope, you know, the tightrope is the neutral point. And if you're, uh, and this works not only for dealing with previous experiences, it works in the present moment with everything that you're experiencing. And, you know, you can say, okay, I'm in neutral. Somebody's cut me off in traffic. I can either go into road rage <laughs> or I can just say this just doesn't matter and stay in the neutral zone, as it were. But then I, you know, the way I look at it is, okay, you've, you're in a situation or you're looking back at a situation. You can either choose to step off to the left, I say, into the abyss of negativity and victimhood, or you can step off to the right onto the solid ground of looking for a positive interpretation of this. And I'll give you my favorite example from my own childhood. I was not even five years old and I'd started um, primary school or elementary school, as you call it here. And the school asked us to take in toys and books and various other things to sell as a fundraiser at the school fete. So I'd asked my mum several times to get things out for me and she hadn't done it. And it had come to the morning of the deadline for taking things in. So I went into my toy cupboard and I pulled things out and I took them into school. And in, in the assembly, the head teacher singled me out and more or less said I was stupid because I'd taken in things that weren't saleable. I'd got books with crayoning in and things like that. And it was absolutely devastating to me to be humiliated in front of the whole school at that age and basically told I was stupid. And this is really probably the first... Um, experience that really started this belief about not being good enough. When I wrote this story and I related it and passed it to to Bill, my second husband, or to, to be second husband at the time, he actually put a complete, diff, completely different interpretation on it. He said, "You showed initiative. You took action. You took responsibility. You." really, you know, stepped out and did what you were asked to do. And the fact that that head teacher didn't recognize that is not your problem. That was her issue. And it was like this complete aha moment of, wow, yeah, I did do that. And it wasn't my fault that she didn't see that. And it just shifted the whole energy and the the interpretation of that situation which I'd I'd been very judgmental of myself about into a completely different perspective and even you know what this does for you is it gives you an incredible strength in dealing with challenging circumstances and sadly I was in that position in 2013 um, I was in Austin Texas and I'd had to leave my horse in the UK and I was really focused on manifesting the ability to bring him over to be with me. Um, but I, 
I knew in my heart that that journey would be too traumatic for his sensitive nature to cope with. I mean, a long flight from the UK and then transport over land and everything. And I actually got a call from the boarding stable in the UK to say that he had colic and was not responding. And the ability to start from a point of neutrality enables you to be in a position which Eckhart Tolle talks about in A New Earth, of being the observer, of being able to observe what's going on with some detachment so that you can actually make the choice, the conscious choice for the best outcome. And I got a local vet in Austin to talk to the vet in the UK and eventually came to the conclusion that I had to have my beloved horse put to sleep. And I was, I'm of the belief that there is a gift in everything. And it was a heartbreaking thing to have to do, a decision to have to make, not only the grieving process, and I still grieve for him, but what came to me not long after was that the only way that he could be with me was in spirit because he couldn't be with me in the physical. He he would probably have had some horrendous accident on the way because he'd have panicked on the airplane or whatever. So that was the only way that we could be together. And, you know, I've had quite a few experiences since with guests on my show who are psychics and mediums and so on. And they'll say, oh, there's a white horse here. (laughs) So, you know, he's actually with me. But the point I'm trying to make is that We are living in a loving universe and there is always a gift in every experience that we have and it happens for a reason. And if we can start from a point of neutrality and consciously look for the positive outcome, not ignoring the negative, I'm not saying ignore that, but going back to the energy, you can hold an awareness of a problem, but you can withhold putting feeding energy into it and put your energy into looking for the positive or creating the outcome that you want. It's the free will. It's our it's the belief that you know we have our free will that we'll be able to choose which direction you want to go down, which path. Do you mm. want to take it and make it negative? Or do you want to, you know, stay neutral and know that you can make something that has the potentiality of being perceived as negative, have a more positive outcome or a totally positive outcome. Do you you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, if you look, certainly if I look back at the most challenging times, I mean, look at the situation with my horse. At the time, it was like a disaster because I was still in this really demanding corporate job and suddenly... (laughs) was informed that I had this horse that I had to really invest a lot of time and attention in while I was running this big project. It's like, oh, this is, you know, horrendous. But look how he changed my life. I mean, it was just phenomenal, the impact that he had on me. And, you know, I look back at 
relationships and I see the catalysts for my own personal growth so many times through being challenged. And we don't grow unless we're challenged. So problems, in inverted commas, are actually evolutionary catalysts. And when you understand that and embody that philosophy, you have a whole different approach to the challenges that life brings to you and brings to you for a reason. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I say that everything has a lesson, opportunity, gift, or combination of some of those elements or not, or all of those elements in everything that happens. And instead of, you know, putting a label on it that this is bad or this is negative, it's more, for me, this is what I, my belief is, you look at it and say, okay, what, what am I, what is this here for? Why is it showing itself to me? What's the lesson, the opportunity, the gift? And Absolutely, I, yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I say about manifestation is that it is a spiritual process. You, it, it's, it's only through raising your consciousness, becoming mindful, um, developing your understanding of spiritual principles and universal laws that you become that master manifester. It's not just about getting stuff. And one of the key things that, I, that I've put into my book, Empowered Manifestation, is that it works alongside or in conjunction with your purpose. And well, that's one of the things I work on with clients is really getting to the heart of not only their life purpose, which to me is what they're here to do, but also the soul purpose or the soul mission. What is it that they're meant to experience to create their spiritual growth in this lifetime? And what I've seen is that the life purpose, the doing, is actually the, the perfect environment for the soul growth and the being. So we're given these challenges in what we choose to do so that we can develop and resolve those core issues that we all come here with. Um, and that's the path that we're here to tread. And so this is why, you know, if some, and this is a process, let's face it, we're here for a lifetime, however long that lifetime might be. And once you get to know what that soul mission is, you can then recognize that the challenges are there for your benefit, for your learning experience. And, you know, to bring in more of the metaphysics, I know with absolute certainty that, you know, relationships that I've had have been soul contracts to provide those catalysts. And so, you know, I've got a, um, a process called the power of gratitude and forgiveness because once you shift into that realization and acceptance that everything happens for a reason and for your ultimate benefit, you can then be grateful for even the hardest challenges. And it's only by being grateful that you can then move on to forgiveness. And it's only through forgiveness that you can free yourself of that baggage of blame and guilt and um, resentment that you might carry for those experiences. And that frees you to move forward 
into creating the life that you want to live. So true. So true. Is there anything specific that you do? Like, do you have a specific practice that you would implement or have your clients implement um, for this? Yes, I work through a series of um, assignments, basically. And I'm actually about to release an online course which incorporates a lot of the practices that I use in my courses and in my um, program. And that is, you know, to start with this examination of your life history and really start to recognize the the source of the beliefs that you've created because you know this is where I contrast between transformation and motivation you know there's a lot of motivational speakers that say you know just take action just take action and because it's not tackling the source of the resistance that motivation dies literally in a very short time. And and the problem is that causes people to feel even more of a failure than they were before they started. So by going back to the core of let's look at these situations that really caused you to have those beliefs about yourself. And let's, let's just look for different perceptions and interpretations of them and from there we can then move on to using personality profiles using um, exercises to really get to the core of what your gifts are your talents your knowledge your experience which all add up to provide this combination that really helps you understand your life purpose here. And I also recommend a book or an app, which is now available, which is produced by Dan Millman. And it's called, well, the the, the app is called the Life Purpose app. And the book is um, The Life You Were Born to Live. And he calls the life purpose what I call the soul purpose, because it's really about what are those aspects of yourself that you're here to work through and it's based on your life path number in numerology and it creates so much understanding in people of why they've kept being challenged in particular ways that they've often really criticized themselves for being stupid to to fall into the same trap or make the same mistake. And when you realize that that's exactly what you came here to work on, it's like, well, of course I'm still getting these experiences because that's what I'm here to learn. And I, it was the real aha moment for me too when I realized that my life path is to deal with issues of abundance and power. And of course, in my childhood, I experienced that disempowerment in that experience in school. I also experienced uh, scarcity, lack, because my 
biological father left when I was seven, never saw him again. And he left my mum to bring up three children on her own. So suddenly a relatively affluent middle-class family was into struggling to make ends meet. And, and what happens is in childhood, you experience the negative of what it is you're here to learn. It's like setting the curriculum for you. And rather than look at yourself as a victim of that, it's more informing you that these are the things you're going to be working on in this lifetime. And again, it shifts that perspective on those things in, you know, away from the victim mode and the self-judgment into a much more empowered approach to life. I didn't. I think it's so helpful to look at it this way. I think people would realize listening to this are going to take away the fact that, you know, just turning the perspective around will help with forgiveness, release, and then have them understand that this was a gift to work through things instead of you're being punished. Why am I being punished? Because I hear a lot by people, I don't know why this is happening to me. I feel like I'm being punished. And, you know, why did, you know, why did this, why is this brought to me in my life? Why, why isn't my life easier, simpler? Why can't I work through these things? So this is a wonderful spotlight on how to change it. When is your online course going to uh, begin? It's going to be beginning, um, I haven't set a, a firm date for the actual start. It's going to be this month, which is October. <laughs> as a celebration of my birthday this month. <laughs> so I will be um, I will be publicizing that in the next week. So. so Jen, where do people write to you to get more information about the online course? Um, if they go to my website, they can use the contact form there. It's thesuccessalchemist.net. Or they can just email me directly, Jan, J-A-N, at thesuccessalchemist.net. Perfect. So you've got a couple of books. I know we're running out of time a little bit, but um, I would love you to tell everyone about the Dream Achiever Success Kit. Okay, well, that's a, a gift that I have on my website, which you can, um, you can get a, a download of that copy of the ebook. And what it's doing is it's really helping people to avoid the mistakes when they actually set their intentions for what they want to manifest. And it's, it's a combination of practical steps and the manifestation elements. So it's, it's the 20 mistakes to avoid when trying to achieve your dreams in effect. So work from the heart, you know, recognize if you've got resistance, work through resistance. And also put the practical steps in place to help you get from where you are now to where you want to be. Perfect. And you also have the Unstoppable You Academy. Can you let everybody know what is the Unstoppable You Academy? Um, that's my business name, basically, which is the umbrella for the, the coaching and mentoring that I do and the online course and the, the teaching, basically. And it, it's really focused on how people can become unstoppable from the perspective of 
getting rid of all that resistance, getting rid of all that limiting belief and self-doubt and freeing themselves to really walk the path that they're here to walk, fulfill their purpose, achieve their dreams. And that's becoming unstoppable. (laughs) That's great. It really is. And one more thing I want to promote, and and that is your book, Empowered Manifestation. Now, you have a special uh, offer on this book. Is that not right? That's right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've put together a bundle. Um, There's the Empowered Manifestation book itself, which goes through all the steps and incorporates elements that aren't in other books about manifestation because I do approach it from that spiritual uh, perspective of self-growth and self-realization to become the master manifester and include life purpose and things like that. And I've also um, included three classic books um, on the law of attraction and a prosperity meditation to really shift any beliefs in about scarcity and also a couple of exercises that people can do as well to support the practical steps of becoming that master manifester. And that's available at empoweredmanifestation.com. Wow, that's a lot. That sounds, again, holidays are coming around, people. <laughs> it would be yes. a great <laughs> gift for you as a stocking stuffer or an iPad stuffer, as it might be. Absolutely, so- yeah. And I do provide it in a choice to format. So it's available as a PDF, um, the actual Empowered Manifestation book. You could also get it in Kindle format and um, the whatever the other ebook format is which has slipped my mind at this point so if you want to be able to put it on your kindle or onto your e-reader then you've got it in that format as well perfect so okay as you know and you in the audience um listen audience we do a charity shout out every with every guest and so we're going to spotlight jan's uh charity uh, something near and dear to her heart, which is the Equus Foundation. And that's E-Q-U-U-S foundation.org. Jan, please fill everyone in on what this is about, this charity, and why it's so near and dear to your heart, and what, you know, where the support is needed. Well, horses have, have played such a significant role in my life. I mean, I, I was born with a passion for them, which completely um, puzzled my mother. But obviously, they were meant to be very much a, an inherent part of my life path. And the reason I chose this organization is because they support a number of different charities in the horse world. So they're able to support a whole range of of issues and they they provide horse rescue uh retraining but they also aim to improve the connection between people and horses and in my experience and this is confirmed by a lot of other people that horses are here to support our conscious evolution and i know that was the the role that my horses have played in my life. And so 
this particular organization goes beyond just the physical support. It also supports organizations that use equine facilitation to help people to address emotional issues and so on, and really recognizes the full nature of the horse, not the not just the physical beast. <laughs> and they're such wonderful animals, and they're so intuitive and loving. Mm. You know, I'm a huge, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a huge horse fan. Allergic, but very huge. I, oh. I, I let go of the allergy. I don't care. I just go anyway and dive into horses. Um, okay, so as we're winding down, one more question before we sign off. Can you please share a tip or piece of advice for the audience that they easily can incorporate into their lives? Yeah, I think one of the, the biggest shifts for me was when the switch was flicked to turn on my intuition. And we all have intuitive abilities. And this is really about tuning into into how you feel in your gut, (laughs) how you feel in your heart, and really using that as the guiding light, if you like, for the path that you're here to tread. And it's really about being in balance so that you you give intuition the authority to lead and you allow the logic and the practical approaches to support the intuition. And what I say to people is don't let your logic talk you out of something that your intuition is telling you. Trust it. <laughs> it's like when you see a red flag. It's there for a reason. It's there for you to say, morning, Will Robinson, pay attention. You know, this is not for your highest and best good. That's right. It's really chewing it, tuning into your knowingness. Exactly. Well, Jan, I am so happy you were with us today. And I love, you know, you and I have had a number of very long conversations and I just love talking to you. You you just are so inspiring and have so many wonderful, great points to share. And so everyone, please, please look up Jan's website at um, www.thesuccessalchemist.net or write, reach out to Jan directly, Jan at the successalchemist.net. Jan, thank you so much. And now audience, everybody who's taken the time out of their day to listen to this, I am so grateful for you. Grateful that you took the time out of your day to listen. And I'm praying and hoping that you are able to pull some really amazing pearls of wisdom that was shared by Jan and her experience. I want to take the time to thank Brad Parsons, my producer, and Teresa Scott-Reed, my assistant, for their help and support. Uh, Again, I want to thank you, and I want to look forward to you subscribing. If you like this, please feel free to email any questions or comments you have to me at guidedspiritconversations.com. And I'm sorry, guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. And I look forward to getting together again next week. Until then, sending blessings blessings and light. Stay well. Thank you for listening to Guided Spirit Conversations. If you'd like to learn more about Marla, 
please visit mghealer.com. If you have an idea or would like to be part of the show, feel free to send an email to guidedspiritconversations at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen.